0: Sixty KXNO Ken Miller
1: Trent Condon Miller and Condon on fourteen sixty KXNO
0: Hi, good morning everybody and welcome in It's Miller and Condon on a Tuesday Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO and now on 106.3 FM We welcomed you to the program on a Tuesday. Uh, After a somewhat of a busy night and certainly a a morning that are some sports topics percolating we will talk sports with you Uh, The BMW Des Moines guest list here today. John Walter is going to lead things off. The voice of Iowa State Uh, What does the uh, Tyrese Hall Burton being shut down for the season mean uh, who are those how many is the average 38 39 whatever it is uh, who will pick up those minutes and we'll talk about that with John and going forward uh, without the uh, the lottery pick. Uh, so we got John Walters coming in here at about 1025. We'll stay on the college basketball theme at 1045. Our guy, our bracketologist, Shelby Mast, will join us as he does each and every week until uh, right up until Selection Sunday. Shelby uh, Mast, bracketwag.com. He's Gannett's bracketologist, USA Today, Des Moines Register. Uh, Shelby Mast at 1045. We'll get the latest with Shelby. He updates his bracket each and every morning by 6am. So if you uh, live for this time of year, and you want the the very latest, Shelby, when you get up in the morning, Shelby's got a brand new spanking bracket uh, there for you. At 11 o'clock, Nate Bolton, very timely guest, I think, for a couple of reasons, reached out to Nate, wanted to talk to him about the Major League Baseball scandal, Yes, and the fact that a former Blue Jay has now filed a lawsuit against the Astros. He was one of nine pitchers in 2017 who made their last Major League not uh, appearance, mm-hmm. against the Astros and then never pitched in the bigs again. Got shelled, got sent down to the minors, and either languished there or, or out of the game. I remember when the story broke, and you were, I think you were doing football okay. at the Dome. And I, I bring up my go-to guy, right, um, when, when these things happen, and... Um, you know, guys that just get up there for a cup of coffee, sure, absolutely, and don't, and, and don't uh, you know, don't have a long career, but at least they got there. There are nine major league players who got to the major league. Nate Toy was the guy, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, nine major league players got there, got shelled by the Astros. Never saw the majors again. But the Astros were cheating, mm-hmm. and to a man, you can you can go back and you can see some of the because they're interviewed after the game and they talk to the you know the assembled press that they're well. Wow, it's almost like they knew that it was coming. I couldn't fool them. And when you, th- when you go back and you read that, now knowing how the story ended out, so he's suing Major League Baseball. So that'll be a topic with Nate. He's a he's an attorney, an employment attorney, so we'll get uh, his take on that. But it's a busy day in name, image, and likeness. Not only in this state, but Mark Emrit, not the Des Moines Register's Mark Emrit, the other one, is actually be- appearing before a Senate committee today, and the... Some members of the press have seen his opening statement that he will make, or maybe making as we speak, mm-hmm. to the Senate, and the NCAA who's you kind of wonder what their stance was going to be on all of this. Is it time? Is the NCAA going to finally come around? It is for this reason that as part of the modernization effort, we will not consider any concepts that could be construed as payment for athletic play. Consequently, the NCAA has no intention of taking any action that is contrary to the positive advocation by the NCAA or accepted by the Ninth Circuit with respects to types of name, image, and likeness payments that were issued in the O'Bannon case a few years ago. Business as usual. They are digging in their
2: heels. They are. They're getting free labor. They love it. And the billions of dollars that comes along with it, and they are not going to share in those efforts.
0: I think that, Trent, they are making their last stand on this hill, and I don't think it's going to go their way. Uh, I believe that it's time, and I think that the NCAA is uh, going to have egg all over their face when this is done. Uh, And Mark Emmert's going to be the guy, you know, if, if, as Chad Leistico pointed out, feel bad for Mar- for the Des Moines Register, yes. Mark Emeritt's uh, mentions today, because that's his Twitter handle, at Mark and
2: He gets it. He I've, gets it. I've seen him retweet some things. Oh, it's and funny. Respond back, yeah, because they think they're getting the NCAA president.
0: Yeah, you're getting the Des Moines Register sports <laughs> reporter. Uh, but anyway, so we'll have uh, Nate Bolton at 11, and then Zuba Mahante in his regular spot from ESPN at 11.25. Lots of ground to cover, a couple of good basketball games last well, one in particular. The Baylor uh, Texas game wasn't very good mm-hmm. unless you're a Texas fan and you're hoping that Shaka Smart's days are coming to an end. And after watching that last night, Trent, there's uh, even though they owe him $10.5 million, that's what his buyout is. Wow. If they fire him, Shaka Smart will leave with a golden parachute to the tune of $10.5 That's a bad basketball team. And you know what else it showed me last night? My opinion. I'm not buying this Baylor Bears number 1 National Championship chatter. I just don't see it. They
2: just held a team on the road to 45
0: points. Uh-huh. A bad basketball team. A decent. A Four and seven average. in the Big
2: 12. They've won 22 consecutive games. Uh-huh. They have beat all comers. They have. They've gone on the road and beat Kansas. Mm-hmm. You betting on them? To win it all? Yeah. I don't know if I'm betting anybody, at least in the top level, win it all because there's no value there. That's a good point. But can they win the national I title? I don't
0: think they can, Trent. What, what am is I missing? What is it about them? I, I just, they don't have a guy. They don't have the... Who blows you away? Butler's a nice player. Teague's yes. a nice player. Vital's a nice player. They're nice players. But is this... That's enough in college basketball yeah, this year, though. I, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Because who blows you away
2: across the country? Gonzaga.
0: Gonzaga playing... The WCC. I know. And they played Michigan got spanked by Michigan. They did. They got hammered by Michigan.
2: A Michigan team, by the way, that now looks a lot different with they Isaiah They do, delivers. don't they?
0: Yeah, they do. Uh, that's one of those teams maybe you, you file away for. Yes. If you're shopping for a price, which I know you like to do, maybe that's one that you file away. But I, I just... Trent, I've watched enough of this Baylor team, and look, maybe they'll prove me wrong. Not that they have to, Uh, but maybe I'll have egg all over my face when they're sitting there cutting down the nets on that Monday night. I just don't see it. In fact, if there was a wager that they don't get past the Sweet 16, I would be all over that. I think this is a team that is ripe to be picked off early in the tournament.
2: So, of the four or five seeds, that's more than likely who they play in the Sweet 16. Which of those groups on a neutral floor do you like you think, oh yeah, that that team's absolutely beaten Baylor because then I look at that group of teams. Because in a way, I do agree mm-hmm. with you. But this is such an odd year of college basketball right? that it's hard to be enamored with really anybody. You you are with Gonzaga now. There's some numbers that would say not so much defensively that they're going to be good enough to ultimately cut down the nets and uh-huh. historical trends that point that direction. But you know that those teams in that four five seed range, who do you like to make a run to an elite
0: eight? Well, I'm looking at Shelby's bracket right now. And here are his fours and fives that you mentioned, right? Villanova, Butler, Michigan State, Oregon. Any of those move the needle when it comes to knocking off Baylor? Not I mean,
2: Villanova. Michigan a,
0: State, maybe, on any given nah. day? I mean, I'm not high on Michigan State. I've said, the, I've said as much. The fives are Kentucky, Iowa, LSU, and Penn State.
2: LSU, maybe, but yeah. they came off a week. They lost two games, including losing to Vanderbilt, giving mm-hmm. then their first SEC win Kentucky? of the year. No. Penn, Penn State? Yeah, probably. Iowa? Uh, What's wrong with
0: Iowa? Beating Baylor? I don't think Baylor's that great. For for me, if it look, we'll see. We will. But when I watched Baylor last night, look, Texas stinks. Texas stinks. Um and and they beat him what? by 6, by 7, whatever we're here. 55 52 uh, 45. Anyways, I watched Florida State Duke earlier and I'm just blown away by Leonard Hamilton's depth that he's got on mm-hmm. this team. And this is not depth for depth's sake. These are legitimate <laughs> guys. Now I don't know if there's a superstar on on Florida State. There's a bunch of good players. Right. There's a whole bunch of good players as opposed to Baylor's roster. We know about Duke and Duke was at Cameron yesterday and place was nuts as it always is. That was an entertaining game, Trent. Um and as we both said yesterday, although I think you backed out of it because all the everybody was on Florida State yep. covering. And they did, and it really was never in doubt coming down. If, if you if you took the points in that game last night, you're not going inside the final two minutes and going, oh my God, we're going to get beat on the free throw line, or we're going to get, you know, this is going to be a late backdoor cover. Um, but Florida State's good. Florida State can win the ACC.
2: Really deep, and uh, a guy that we talked about just last week, part of that uh, 11, 12-man roster that they play. The big man that started his career at Drake. Dominic.
0: Olajanak. He's close. Have you seen his tattoos, by the way? I think he does it himself. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I I watched him last, I watched the game last night. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> he's a, he's a miserable, he's a, he's a cranky SOB. At least he was <laughs> last night. He was getting in some tussles. Uh, but yeah, he's like, he, he's got tattoos all over himself and yeah. it looks like. He did him himself, quite honestly. Doesn't look like the same guy that we saw no. over on Forest Avenue, No, 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 no.
2: couple years at Ole Miss, and then a grad transfer mm-hmm. to Florida State, and that's where he's ending his career. Talk about a an odd really. career that he made his way. Yeah. Coming from Poland yeah. to Drake. Right. Hanging out in the MVC, playing for a season, having a really nice year. Yeah, to Oxford, Mississippi. Going there. Yeah. Has a redshirt year, then mm-hmm. plays for two seasons and said, We'll give it one more try somewhere else and end up in Tallahassee, Off Florida. To
0: Tallahassee, they go. Yeah, he's seen the country, if nothing else, right? <laughs> no doubt. Uh, good for him for that. But uh, Florida State's good, Duke is good, so we'll we'll see. Um, I, I'm just trying to find that team. And like you, I, I want to shop for a price. Mm-hmm. What's Baylor? Baylor is. What are people th- What are people getting for throwing their money away on Baylor? <laughs> well, you're you're really hard on. I can't on the Bear Squad. Look, Ten to it, one, this you is... can get him at Bill Hill. 10 to 1. 10 to 1. This isn't just based on last night. I, I know that they've got that streak going, and I don't know. Oklahoma so, State had a beat on. No, they didn't finish they the didn't job.
2: Finish t- I mean, so are San Diego State?
0: Somebody has to win this. You know, this I thing. haven't seen enough of them.
2: I have. Saw them against Iowa. I've seen them a couple of times in some late night games. Right. That was in that for was five, in five 10 Vegas, minutes, right? Stretches. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah that's, I think that might have been the last time I've seen them. Yeah. And they're all right. All right. They're all right, all right but.
2: They're right up there in conversation. So I mentioned the numbers and the numbers that at least point away from your Gonzaga love. Uh huh. So in the Ken Pomeroy era over the last 20 years, mm-hmm. every team that has won the national title has finished both in the top 20 offensively and defensively in adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency. There are six teams right now in college basketball that at least currently. Lay them on me. Kansas, 13th in offense, first
0: in defense. Okay. Duke. 8th who, who, and 10th. Who, well, let me stop you right there. Yeah. As, as we sit here today, February 11th, who's the best team in the Big 12? Baylor. Do you really? Think they so? lost. I know. <laughs> what you, do you want this team to do? Why? Well, just thought, I like Kansas better. I thought you. I thought you might jump on Kansas with me. But go ahead. They lost in Lawrence I, against and look, they got I, I watched the game. I watched the game. Baylor. I know. I know.
2: Other teams of the six. I mentioned the two: Kansas, Duke. Also, maybe that
0: says the Big 12 not very good. Uh,
2: I, that's another conversation. San Diego State is there. Yeah, ninth and 11th. Your other teams... So I interrupted you. Start start at the beginning of the game. Okay. Top 20, offensively and defensively. Right. It is Kansas, Duke, San Diego State, Michigan State. Michigan State. And that's it. So it dropped, actually. There was another team that was up there that dropped out of it after the uh, games last night. Teams that are out of there. Gonzaga. First in offensive efficiency. Mm-hmm. 37th in defense. Baylor, that's the one that just dropped out. They're twenty second now in offense, fourth in defense. So because of their they're performance the one that last dropped night, out right? And uh, dropped them there. But you're looking at you know teams like West Virginia. Well, they're fifty first in offense. Jeez. Louisville on the other end, thirtieth in defense, and on and on you go. The other team that's the closest, Ohio State, twenty third in offense, twentieth in defense mm. right now. But if that's a metric that you believe in, and it's happened every single year. Have to be in that top 20 Mm -hmm. offensively and defensively. And now down to only five teams after Baylor drops last night.
0: So of those five, who do you like the best? And then we'll move on because I want to bring up the Major League Baseball perhaps tweaking of the playoffs. Who do you like in the five that you just mentioned? Do you like one more than the others? Kansas. I think it's Kansas still for Uh me. Me too. With
2: Dotson and Mm -hmm. his ability. Mm -hmm. Azubuke, who needs to stay out of foul trouble. But they're building
0: depth right now. I think they're the best team. I think when it's all said and done, they'll be the they will be the best team in the Big Twelve. Yeah, I and know. they still only have one loss.
2: I know only one loss in league play, mm-hmm. so they're only a game back. And when is that Baylor Kansas game? Do you know?
0: Well, I just hope it's not on ESPN Plus. Not that I, I mean, I get it. But what didn't you tell me that the West Virginia Kansas? It game- is yes. That's tomorrow, right? Yes. Yeah, tomorrow. And that's an ESPN Plus. Look, I get what they're trying to do.
2: February 22nd, Baylor hosting Kansas. Saturday, February 22nd. Is it 7 o'clock? Saturday? I don't have the time listed
0: on Ken Palm. I'd have to look for it. I hope it's a night game. Uh, So anyways, let's go to the uh, Major League Baseball... (laughs) Uh, perhaps tweak Joel Sherman from one of the New York tabloids. Which one is he with, Daily News or Post? Post. 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 Yes. Joel Sherman, New York Post, was the first to break the news yesterday that Major League Baseball is kicking the tires on perhaps changing the way that the postseason unfolds by expanding the number of playoff teams from 10 to 14. Mm -hmm. So 14 of the 30 MLB teams would qualify for postseason. What I like best about it, Trent, is, and I, I think I think baseball in, certainly in the in the month of September, from Labor Day until the playoffs get here, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind because King Football has made an appearance on the scene, right?
2: Unless you have a incredibly compelling race for a division, right. that is about the only thing. Even wild card races, I mean, they're there, but. It's in the background. Mm -hmm. That's all that it is because of that. And this is, I believe, a way for them to create buzz. Yeah, carve out at least a little bit of a niche. So explain it for people that haven't
0: heard. All right, so let me try my best, okay? So there are going to be seven teams in both leagues that qualify for the playoffs. The team with the best record in the National League, the team with the best record in the American League, take them off, move them to the side, they get a bye. Of the remaining six teams, the other division winner, with the best record, then gets to choose their opponent in the wild card round. Mm -hmm. So they would theoretically, although not necessarily, team two would play team seven. If you go by seed, if you, you do. don't have to do that, but now, you might look at the other
2: side. It's absolutely. a three-game series, right? And you might say, "Boy, they got two really good pitchers."
0: Right, and if you're, I think it was, I think it would have worked out last year. It would have worked out where the Yankees mm-hmm. could have chosen the Red Sox. You want to do that? Nope, I don't either. Absolutely not. So you choose who you want. So after Team Two takes their choice, then the other division winner they get to go in. And take their next choice. They take a team off the board. The best wild card team then does the same, and the two left they play each other, and that plays out in the in a best of three series. And I think I saw, although I could be mistaken here because I don't have it in front of me, that that three game series stay is conducted in the same stadium. Right. They don't move. There's no travel.
2: With the home field advantage, you don't go on the road. Right. It's a three-game series, best two out of three in your own building. right? So you make a wild card, that's great, and Mm -hmm. it's not going to be a one-off.
0: Nope. But you're going to have to win two out of three on the road Mm -hmm. in order to advance to the division for a road trip. Yes. That's what it's going to be. I like it. I do, too. And here's what I think it's going to do, Trent. And This won't happen until the uh, end of the current contracts, which is the... It'll be in place if this gets approved by Major League Baseball Players Association. And if MLB wants to go forward with it, I believe it's two th- it would, ex- would uh, be enacted in 2022. Here's what I think is going to happen. Maybe not to the extent of what I'm about to say, but you know how giddy I get, and I know a lot of people are like me, mm-hmm. when we have this television show on Tuesday night in the <laughs> fall, right? That has to do with the college football playoff. I think there would be so much buzz around that selection show. Not that we're going to forget about football, but instead of you and I kind of taking baseball in the last couple of weeks of the season, unless the Cubs or the Mm -hmm. Twins or the Cardinals are in a real fight down the stretch, I think we're going to bring that back into the conversation, into the here and now a little bit, as baseball tries to, hey, don't forget about us, right? And you're also getting... That TV show
2: that I think is going to be incredibly compelling. Like you said, last year, the three wild card teams for the Yankees having the first choice would have been the Red Sox, Mm -hmm. the Rays, and the Indians. Who who do you want out of that trio? Who are you going to go up against? It's two division mates that Uh you've already seen 18 times throughout the course of the year. Right. Or is it the Indians team that, and maybe that was the choice, and all of a sudden. I think it probably would have been. And then the Twins have the choice after that, and who do they select, and who are they going to take? And that's the route that you're going to go. I, I think it's going to be. Interesting theater that goes along with it. There's going to be hurt feelings, and you know right away, whoever the Yankees in this scenario, who they choose. They cut to the locker room there, and they're talking about the players, and hey, they wanted us. Here we come. here. We're we're coming to Yankee Stadium. They wanted us. We're going to get there. And that is the fun part about this. I absolutely love the way that this is is presented.
0: Trevor Bauer, who is uh, opinionated, and he's certainly not shy to express his beliefs, uh, this was his tweet, and it's directed at Rob Manford. No idea who made this new playoff format proposal, but Rob is responsible for releasing it, so I'll direct this to you, Rob Manford. Your proposal is absurd for too many reasons to type on Twitter and proves you have absolutely no clue about baseball, period. You're a joke. All right, so he disagrees with our assessment. But what are we missing then? I mean, this is an MLB player who is... Um as opinionated as as Bauer is, and as as quick to shoot this thing, what are we missing in all of this
2: Too What's the teams. downside
0: you are watering yeah. down the playoffs yes. this is
2: baseball you play yeah. one sixty two And the best of the best get in.
0: Remember when four teams made the playoffs overall? Oh, yeah. I remember it well. It (laughs) was for a long time. There you would go to the championship series, and those two teams would play for the World Series. And then Bud Selig was the Antichrist, because he changed it. But what did Bud Selig do? It was a brilliant move. It built baseball.
2: It gained finances. It took them Mm -hmm. to another level. And now you look at the finances across the league, completely different than they were before the strike in 1994. Yep, 94. In the The ninety four season. So... That's what you have to do. You have to. You got to break some eggs to make something happen. And this is another in those line. As you're, you're talking, talking
0: about. about 14 teams in the in the playoffs, Trent. And they're not there for a long time. They got three games. You, I mean, you you might be in the playoffs for a Tuesday and a Wednesday. That yeah. might be it. Now I'll play devil's advocate again. Please do. When we talk about the NBA, when do we talk about it? In the playoffs. When it gets to the playoffs. But you and I are different. We're not in an NBA market. We're not.
2: But nationally, you look at their numbers, they are continuing to go down in TV ratings Mm -hmm. because more and more people just say, wake me up when the playoffs get here. Right? Over the course of 82, you got guys sitting out, you have all this. It's all about just being healthy and getting into the playoffs and play it off from there. The thing about baseball is that 162, it's very regionalized. Baseball does not have the national appeal that even the NBA does. But because of that, when you get into September, and we talk about these great races, and and you know you're going to be in, because you already got you already got 82 wins. Mm-hmm. You're 82 and 70. You know you're going to be there, and unfortunately there's somebody really good in your division. You're going to be one of these playoff teams. You don't know. You're really not playing for positioning. You're playing for are we going to be selected? Your spot in the selection show, right? Yeah. And because of that, changes. Does it hurt september
0: baseball i don 't think it does it certainly doesn 't for teams five six, and seven i mean there 's fourteen major league cities that are going to have a chance to participate in uh and you might not get a you might not get a home game in the first series, but if you win that series, you do yes you know you 're live your team 's going to be in uh, uh back in uh, in your city again i, I don 't see a downside i don 't um if i 'm missing something I'd i 'd love to hear it i 'm certainly willing to listen. But this is, this is good. Look, go back to the mid-90s when Sealy brought the wild card in, and, and, oh, you're going against tradition, all the records in baseball, no sport uh, holds the records more sacred. Well, you know what? Get over it. It's, it's, and, and change was proven right in this case. Here's another negative, perhaps. All right.
2: Going back a few years ago, 2017, mm-hmm. in the American League. This is the year that the Twins got in, one game wild card, lost to... Who else? <laughs> you guessed it. Yeah. The Yankees. The teams that finished 6, 7, and 8 were the Angels, Rays, and Royals. They were all 80 and 82. Mm-hmm. Do we want these teams in the playoffs? Now you can come back and say, you know, the Cardinals made the playoffs at eighty three and seventy nine mm-hmm. and went out of one a World Series that season, just about getting in. But it's the same argument we're gonna, we hear in the
0: uh, we hear the last week of October. Yeah, I should a five and fourteen make the playoffs right. in high school football. It's one week. <laughs> more games. More right. games that
2: matter. Right. And you get through 162, playoff baseball is different. It's, and it's different.
0: Great. It's absolutely different. I mean, look, not that football takes a back seat in October, but there's just something so special about the month of October. We will take a timeout. We're going to get John Walters in here. He's a baseball fan. Let's see what he, if he can poke holes in this thing. Uh, we're going to talk Iowa State, obviously, and the Tyrese Halliburton news that broke yesterday and what that means going forward. But right now, it's time to pay your bills with iHeartRadio, 1460 KXNO. And now, 106.3 FM. Text the keyword SUPER to 200200 right now. Your chance to win $1,000. That's SUPER to 200200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates
3: apply in this nationwide contest.
0: The voice of the Cyclones, John Walters, is next. Shelby, Mass. BracketWag.com at 1045 Miller and Condon till noon. 1460 KXNO and now. On 103 for a limited time, all right. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. Now on 106.3 FM, and that's where we heard John Walters last night in the Coaches Show. On both of those, we're going to hear John Walters momentarily in 15 minutes or thereabouts. You'll hear Shelby Mast, bracketwag.com. He is Gannett's bracketologist. We'll pick Shelby's brain here in about 15 minutes. Right now, John Walters, the voice of Iowa State, joins the show. John, Trenton Ken, thanks for coming on, John Walters. How are you?
1: Doing well, guys. How are you?
0: Doing okay. Uh, Obviously, some disappointing news uh, yesterday, John, with uh, Tyrese Halliburton having to be shut down for the year. Before we get into going forward, and if this is the end of his Iowa State career, how will you remember Tyrese Halliburton, the player?
1: Well, I, I, I don't want to assume anything about whether or not this is the end of his career, because I know this about Tyrese. He truly loves the college experience, and he loves playing for Iowa State and playing for Coach Chrome. So although, you know, certainly some signs would indicate that, hey, this this very well could be the end, uh, certainly don't want to get that far. But, uh, I mean, no matter what, whether he comes back or not, I'm going to always remember Tyrese Halliburton as a terrific player, mm-hmm. uh, a guy who came in a little bit under the radar nationally uh, but took no time at all to establish himself not only as a a really good player on the floor but a great teammate and a guy that has uh, you know his teammates really well there's not one guy that that dislikes Tyrese Halliburton and uh, you know the combination of you know uh, enthusiasm tremendous basketball talent and leadership and grace I mean it's rare that you're going to find a combination uh, that thorough, especially for a guy who's only been in the program for about mm. eighteen months, and so uh, we're super impressed with him as a young man and I, I know how much he loves the game, and that 's the thing that hurts the most about all this is that he truly loves the game as much as any player i've ever been around, and so to have it kind of yanked away from him is really hard. So, uh, But definitely going to have some very fond memories of uh, Tyrese no matter what happens in his
0: future. Yeah, well put, John. You know, and, and to that end about how much he loves playing a game, I what I'll remember probably in addition to the raw talent that we see each and every night, the smile, John. The smile on his face yeah. that uh, that pops up. He's ha- He has fun out there, and, and he really does enjoy it. The smile is very apparent most games. Well,
1: and I think that, does a lot of good for everybody around that smile you know I mean uh, when you think about just in your daily life uh, when somebody smiles it makes you feel better you know I mean it's just as a a human reaction a human instinct and he is constantly smiling he's having a great time playing the game he grew up playing it's just like he's playing it in his driveway as a third grade kid you know like we all did and uh, he still has that great joy for being out there playing and I, that can't help but rub off on guys. And the good news is, Ken, that will still be around. I mean, that'll be on the bench. That'll be in the huddles, uh, you know, contributing to this team in any way he possibly can. The hard part is not having that out on the floor. But uh good thing is, uh, really good news, is that Tyrese will eventually be 100% back physically and completely healthy, and that's the best part of all of it. But, uh, you know, he's still around the program, and he's still going to have a big impact, even though he would have a much bigger impact on the floor.
2: In the interim, John, when you look at what they're going to have to do, minus Tyrese Halliburton, they played a game, obviously did not go very well, but what do you expect to see? Is this going to be even more put on the shoulders of Bolton, who's really continued to come on and play at a high level, more from him, Prentice Nixon maybe a little bit more minutes, or is it more on the freshmen? We'll see more Caleb Grill and Trey Jackson going forward.
1: Well, I I think you'll see everybody play a little bit more. When you have to divide up 39 minutes, Mm -hmm. and that's what Tyrese was playing in conference games, you know, it's going to take a few guys to to make up all those minutes. So I think a lot of guys will get more opportunities. You know, Trey's been in the starting lineup and he's already playing a lot of minutes right now. Prentice Nixon is going to go back into the starting lineup um, in place of Halliburton. So you know, his minutes obviously will increase. And I thought he responded very well the other day down the stretch uh, when Tyrese was out of the game. He's the guy that made some big plays to really help Iowa State close the deal against Kansas State. You know, I think Terrence Lewis will see his minutes mm-hmm. increase. Uh, You know, Zion Griffin could see his minutes increased, and Caleb Grill. All those guys will probably get more opportunities, but I think it's a little bit dangerous to take on the mentality of, okay, I have to put everything on my shoulders now. Uh, It's going to take all five of them on the floor to accomplish anything, and if you start getting in that mentality of it's on me to take this thing over, uh, I, I think it's more important for guys just to do their roles and do them as well as they possibly can And then as a team, try to have uh, successful results. But if you start trying to do too much, that's when it gets to be a slippery slope. Mm.
0: Uh, John Walters is our guest, the voice of Iowa State. Solomon Young going back to Saturday night, John, against K-State. I think it was a 6-for-6 six six or 7-7. Seven seven. He finally missed, and then he did miss a free throw, but his line was 7-9 and 6-7 or seven, uh, from the uh, from the free throw line. Boy, he had a big, big night. Nice to see. Not the first time he's had one of these, uh, but Solomon Young uh, certainly played very, very well uh, this past Saturday against K-State, and they'll need similar efforts going forward out of him?
1: Yeah, this was the first game in a long time that I can remember all three of the post players all playing really, really well. Uh, I thought Solomon was outstanding. I thought George Condit gave some great minutes off the bench, and then Michael Jacobson was really good defensively, blocked some shots, ran the floor really well, hustled. And so it was great to see all three of them play well on the same night. And with solo, we're seeing more and more games where he is uh does bring his a game, and you know I don't think he played any less hard against West Virginia. They just had Culver and sheep sheep inside, and mm-hmm. you know it's like running into a brick wall and he had a no for eight night and got some good shots but but couldn't get any of them down uh but he always gives a great effort but uh, they do need that. They need that production. What I really like with Solomon Young and really all the guys against Kansas State was the, the effort on the defensive end of the floor. I thought he was really good on the block, but I thought the entire team w- looked sharper defensively, had a little bit more bounce in their step defensively, and, and really got out on the guards of Kansas State and created some pressure there. And uh, that, that was what it's going to take for this team to have success going forward. They're going to have to be good on the defensive end of the floor if they're going to have any success.
2: At 10 and 13 in the year, a lot of people already starting to look forward to next season and got a couple of questions. So let's go to the source here. Javon Johnson sitting out this year after redshirting, uh, redshirting during his transfer from Troy, guy that could shoot the ball really well. I think he had 53 three pointers last season at Troy. What have you heard about him? The way that next season he'll be able to impact the game and a guy that certainly be able to help a shooter out there right now, but of course has to sit out with the transfer rules.
1: Yeah, I think his uh, you know he's a really well-rounded player. He he's about six five six six, but he's got a really good ability to dribble the basketball, a really good handle, and you know he's even really played the point guard spot on the scout team. And so, um, even though I don't think he necessarily is a point guard, uh, Coach Prom kind of hesitates anyway to put those labels on guys. He just wants guards, and you know Johnson's kind of a swing guy between that two and three spot, probably, but can really take a lot of the ball handling duties on and. Um, so I think he'll be extremely valuable to Iowa state next season. And they, you know, I think when you look at coach Prom and when he's had the most success, he's had those interchangeable parts on the perimeter, those six, five, six, six guys, uh, you know, Nick Weiler, Babb, Taylor Horton, Tucker, Marielle Shayok guys that have length, uh, that on the perimeter can switch on ball screens, um, and really create some havoc for an opponent with their length. And, this is a guy that's going to fit right into that category and really help Iowa State, I think, starting
3: next year. Mm-hmm.
0: John, let me ask you about, um, away from Iowa State, but staying in the Big 12, I just can't wrap my arms around this Baylor team. They're unbeaten <laughs> in conference. They're 21-1. and That should you know, blow me away. And the, the, I mean, the record is, is what it is. It's in the, the number one team in the country. And yet, John, when I watch them play, I don't feel like I'm watching college basketball's best team. What am I missing?
1: Well, I think you're watching on the wrong nights because every time I watch them play, I, I walk away more impressed than the time before. I just think their guards are so good, and as Eric pointed out, there's four of them, yes. and they're yep. all real, they're all really good. And so they don't all have to be having their best game on the same night in order for them to be effective as a team. Uh, and then on top of that, Gillespie and Vital are just grinders. and love Vital. That, that, Yeah, they just do all kinds of things. Vital's great on the defensive end of the floor. He made another great point, Eric, did about their depth at center. You know, if Gillespie ever went down or got in foul trouble, they'd be in some trouble because they don't have a lot behind them. Mm -hmm. But, boy, they have a lot behind those starting guards. And guards, you know, I think college basketball is a guard-oriented game, and and Scott Drew has them in spades. And so, uh, you know, I think they certainly can win a national championship. Now, they don't always look great offensively. Mm -hmm. I I think that's probably maybe the thing you're thinking of, Ken, is, you know, there's times where they look pretty stagnant offensively, but they're really good defensively, night in, night out. Davion Mitchell's a tremendous defender, and uh, so they're, they're a very talented basketball team. And you know, uh, not many teams are going to score in the high 70s or 80s against them. So you're going to have to grind it out defensively if you're going to beat them. So I'm not saying they can't be beat. I, I think they're beatable. Um, but man, I, I've been so impressed with what they've done, and. Uh, just continue to be more and more impressed every time I watch him.
2: Tristan Clark uh, had the knee injury last year, had to shut it down. He's not been the same guy that we saw, certainly during his sophomore year. Has that ever got a chance to come back for this year? Because if they get anything close to the Tristan Clark we saw a year ago, they go from being eh, maybe one of the contenders to, I think, the runaway favorite in the, to win the national title.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's what, 24, 25 games into the season now, yeah. you're You're probably looking at what you see is what you get, although uh, he has played a little bit better here in the last couple of weeks, and it's really amazing, because, I mean, that's a guy that was averaging about 15 points and 9 rebounds when he went down with the injury a year ago, and just has never been the same guy since, but yeah, if they could get even uh, a fraction of what he was before he got hurt, uh, backing up Gillespie, then, yeah, now all of a sudden you're talking about something that's really, really dangerous, but, we know the talent's there, but maybe he's just physically uh, not a, not able to go at the same level that he was before he got hurt, which is too bad because he really was an excellent player. He was averaging about two block shots a game, too. So um, if they could get him rolling, you're right. It would take them to a, a completely different level.
0: Hmm. Nice to be on 106.3 for the Coaches Show. Folks can hear you in your living room or wherever. You don't have to be in your car any longer, John, to pick up your Monday night show.
1: Well, that's a good deal. I, we're we're happy to hear that, and uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm so glad that everything worked yeah, out the too. way it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been great, nice. and I, I listen every single day. So uh, count me among the fans that are excited that 106.3 is on board too.
0: John, thank you for coming on. As always, appreciate it. John Walters, good to talk to you. Yep, good talk to you guys. Talk to you later. Yep, take care. John Walters, voice of Iowa State. So, making a little bit of news, Uh, it sounds like Nixon's going to be going into the lineup. He's been coming off the bench as of late, but uh, gets uh, reinserted. If indeed uh, John is uh, uh, accurate with that, and I have no reason to believe why he wouldn't be. Tough injury, boy. Yeah, it just really is. I mean, the
2: injury in general, the college athletes, you Mm -hmm. hate to see it, but. He just loves playing.
0: Yes, you can see that smile on his face, and he's having fun Mm -hmm. and. Tough end. Yeah, no doubt about it. Disappointing for a lot of reasons. All right, uh, Shelby Mast, uh, bracketologist, our bracketologist, Gannett's bracketologist. He'll join Trent and I next as we uh, take you up until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and now
3: on one hundred six Point Woohoo!
0: Boynton Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and now on 106.3 FM in the 11 o'clock hour. Uh Employment attorney Nate Bolton on the uh, lawsuit that was filed by Major League Baseball, a player against the Astros, name, image, and likeness conversation as well, and Zubin Mehente from ESPN. Right now, he's Gannett's bracketologist. Shelby Mass joins us each and every Tuesday, right up and through Selection Sunday. Today is no different. Shelby joins the program. Shelby, Trenton, Ken and Des Moines, as always, sir, thank you for finding time for us. How are you? In there. How are y'all? Doing okay. So since we last spoke, what was the uh, the biggest mover in your bracket? Who moved in, who moved out, or who moved up the furthest? Who impressed you this week, Shelby, with their okay. couple of games?
3: I, I think Texas Tech. They, I had them in a play-in game uh, two weeks ago probably. It may have been early last week. And they've moved all the way up to the seven line for me. They, they're playing some awful tough basketball. I know the, the uh, their strength of schedule and all that isn't overly impressive, but if you watch them play, man, they look good. They're rounding into form. They're kind of similar to where they were last year to where they were out there but not really being talked about, and then they really kind of moved up at the end, and we know how that turned out for them. I don't think they'll be that good again, but that's a team to watch out for, and a team that's really fallen is Wichita State. They've lost Mm 5-7. of Uh, They're just above the play-in game for me, and it's not looking great for them. So
2: uh, on the local front, you and I, they continue to win games in the Missouri Valley Conference. Certainly the favorite when we get to Arch Madness. We've talked about the scenario if they don't win in St. Louis, still getting in. But what's the highest upside? If the Panthers run the table here all the way through Arch Madness, how high of a seed can they get? They had a great team back when they pulled the upset against Kansas that year. They were a number 9 seed. Is that maybe the top-level mark for you and I, that 8-9 seed range? Can they get any higher than that?
3: I, I think they've got an outside outside shot to get to the seven line, and I think they'd probably prefer that over that eight nine yeah. shot because <laughs> yes. that gets them out of playing a one seed second round, but they were successful in that previously. Uh, I, I I could see the seven line if some things fall into place and help them out. you know those middle big ten teams take a couple losses. Uh, USC is hanging around in that area Rutgers, Xavier those teams take some losses and they just keep winning, then by default they're going to move up. And if they get some really good wins and win the conference tournament, seven, I think, is is pretty good.
0: Uh, Florida State-Duke collided last night at Cameron Indoor. It was a terrific basketball game, Shelby. Uh, Did uh, did the Duke win do anything for them? And conversely, did the Florida State (coughs) loss do anything uh, to hurt them?
3: No, it didn't do really anything for either of them. The only thing it did for Duke was possibly a little bit of separation between them and Dayton and get them closer to the one line with San Diego State. So there is a shot they could get there. Uh, Florida State with a one would have moved up to the two line for me, but the loss, I mean, losing at Duke, there's absolutely no shame in that. So uh, another
2: local question for you, and it turns in your bracket, the way that it's set up. So I see Iowa on the five line for you. You have them playing, though, in Omaha, the number four seed there is Butler. And of course, Iowa City closer to Omaha than Butler, who is a seed above them. When it gets to the bracketing principles and trying to protect those top four seeds, how much goes into it? And does it kind of get to a point at sometimes where you just got to put teams where they slot? And that's the way it worked out in that one.
3: Yeah, as long as they don't play in that building three times in the year, then they can go there. Uh, and after the first round games there's no more protection they only okay. do it, the committee will only do it for the first round so they won't intentionally move somebody away that is a potential second round matchup because they're not going to assume that that team is going to win shelby
0: in your mind is this the Best the Pac-12 has been depth-wise in a handful of years. It seems to me, and I don't watch a ton of Pac-12 basketball. It's just you know for for the time zone differ, the time change, etc. But is this the best the Pac-12 has been depth-wise in the last few years?
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, you see, uh, Oregon was the top uh, team for the Pac-12 when the, in the bracket reveal on Saturday. They were mm-hmm. a four seed. And then they go to Oregon State and lose. And I've caught a lot of flack for not moving them down. But if you look at the metrics, that's a quad one road loss in conference. The committee's not really going to ding them too bad for that. Uh, and so I did. Uh, Oregon State, yeah, they're kind of on the low end. And I was told their conference record's 4-7, but that doesn't matter at all. The committee doesn't look at it, so I don't look at it. I didn't know where they were. Uh, I know they lost to a lesser team, but Oregon State is still – in the discussion that for a, a, a at large bid on the bubble, I don't think they can get there. But they haven't been in this position in a few years, and so good for them. Uh, there's only a few teams uh, in the Pac-12 that I think are completely out of it.
2: So Isaiah Livers is back with Michigan. The Wolverines nine and three with him in the lineup. Without him. They're five and six. Obviously a very, very different team here. How is the committee going to do, Michigan, as long as Livers continues to play and play at a high level going forward and Michigan keeps piling up victories? Are they gonna look simply like the team and, and seated like the team we see them be with Livers out there?
3: They won't move them up a few seed lines just because he's back, but they will they won't penalize him as bad for those losses if he is back. 100%, and they're back to the team they were. So they're not going to completely ignore what happened with him out, but it's kind of taken with a grain of salt. It's like maybe they'll want a couple more games. They're not going to assume they win them all because they just won't. But uh, yeah, I think that it kind of protects them because they were kind of on a downward spiral there for a little bit. They've moved back up to the eight line for me, uh, which is somewhat safe at this point. But the committee is going to base most of their decisions on the team going into the tournament.
0: Uh, is the final, or I guess, are the final three weeks of the of the season going to determine who, of these two, San Diego State and Gonzaga, who gets to stay out west? Clearly, they both can't. They're both number one seeds at this point. But that would the final three weeks would determine who gets shipped uh, elsewhere, right?
3: Right. And, and the, I think the best possibility for all of them. Is if San Diego State were to take a loss and Duke take over over the one line, and then San Diego State could stay out west as the two seed. Interesting. I know that that's not as sexy as they'd like. There's not as much glamour in that, mm-hmm. but you get to save yourself, and, and you're pretty close to L. A. Uh, you can get a whole lot of fans showing up for those games as opposed to New York.
2: That's a good point. Yeah, and getting shipped out to New York and possibly Duke on the two line. Going to be a lot more Duke fans, you're going to guess, in MSG <laughs> yeah, really. and for an Elite Eight game than you would have uh, staying back out there out west. Going to be interesting to see how that plays out. In the Big Ten, Maryland has caught fire mm-hmm. here. They've winning road games, including the victory Friday night against Illinois. Are they the last remaining hope for a number 1 seed out of the Big Ten?
3: Uh, they are, and I think they're a long shot to even be yeah, there. They, they might be in the discussion if they run the table, mm-hmm. but I don't see them doing that just because of how many tough games they've got left. Just everybody in that conference has tough games left. If they were to run the table and win the Big Ten Conference tournament, then they're probably in the discussion. But as of right now, it's kind of a long shot that they get there. I can see them ending up comfortably on the two
0: line. Shelby Mass, uh, BracketWag.com is our guest. Shelby, final couple of minutes here with you. Michigan State had a bad week, uh, yet the metrics continue to love Sparty. Uh, You've got them as a four. If it continues, maybe maybe they're not losing both games in a week, but they're going one and one. They're struggling down the stretch. How far does Michigan State fall? Analytics love them. Metrics love them. What could you see happening if, indeed, they continue this swoon?
3: Don't forget the committee loves them. They put them on the four-line Saturday, which that's the only one I missed. I thought that was a bit too high for them. They were close to being on the six-line for me. Uh, but since the committee loves them so much, I'm going to you know kind of look at them a little bit differently now, and that's why I didn't move them down after losing to Michigan. They can probably take another loss for the rest of the regular season and stay on the four line. Two losses will definitely put them down to the five line. I could see them possibly dropping all the way to seven, depending on other teams. But the fact that everything else loves them so much, I think six is probably their basement.
2: Final thing for you, Shelby Mass, joining us from USA Today. Shelby, uh, as you go through and you mentioned the committee releasing their top 16, anything that you learned outside of what you just mentioned there, anything else? pop when he saw their revealing of their top 16
3: well the, the top line I, I don't think there was any question I think the biggest question was who's going out west and it mm-hmm. was Gonzaga I had San Diego State just because they were undefeated but Gonzaga does have better win uh, I, I am surprised Dayton was as high as they are I had absolutely okay with it I think that is a very very good team and a team that I'm going to watch to get to the final four and they are title contenders absolutely mm-hmm. two losses in overtime to Kansas and Oregon, there's no shame in that. Um, I think they, they value the big wins. They, they mentioned that. They mentioned that every year, and, and the strength of schedule. You know, Penn State has had a really good year. They're going to be in the tournament for the first time in a while. Uh, they've got some really big wins, but their non-conference strength of schedule is not even in the top 300, and so hmm. that's going to ding them and knock them down. The committee didn't call them as one of the other teams they were watching. And then after the show, they had a QA with some reporters, and they weren't brought up then. So that means that they're on the sixth line at best, or they were Saturday. And I got to believe it has to do with that non conference strength of schedule. You pad it too much, and it's going to come back to bite you. And it's That's cert- Greenberg.
0: Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah,
3: uh, Shelby, right on time.
0: We'll do it a week from today. Thank you, Shelby Mass. BracketWag.com. He's Gannett's bracketologist. Thank you, Shelby.
3: Thanks, guys, for having me. Good to
0: talk to you, Shelby Mass.